All right. Uh, before we do anything else, how about we pray together? Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the time that we can spend together. We thank you for the celebration that is Christmas, and we thank you that we can uh, celebrate it. Um, and we just pray that you would be here tonight, and that we would listen, and that uh, you would have something new to tell us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Christmas. Uh, hands up if like this is your favorite time of the year. Yes, me too. Those of you who didn't put your hands up, either you're very sad or <laughs> you are, something's happening to you. Um, uh, yeah, Christmas, you know, it's pretty cool seeing Christmas through the eyes of kids uh, and through your own kids. Um, and yeah, I was just sharing with Rach, uh, Esther, like our daughter, one of the things that Sarah and I, mainly me, but Sarah and I kind of agreed on was we're not going to tell Esther Santa's real. So I'm sorry if that offends anyone here or whatever. But um, we, because, we, you know, we want her to kind of believe us in the things that are real that might be difficult to believe. Um, and, but despite that, Esther still is like convinced that Santa's real, <laughs> that he's coming to our house. Um, and it's, yeah. So anyway, uh, what, what are your favorite things about Christmas? Family time. Very nice. Food. Yeah, food's pretty great. Decorations. Decorations. Chocolate. Chocolate, great. You can say presents too, like it's okay, no judgment. No presents? No, sorry. No. Well, if, you, if you're born on the same day, you get to say, share the same time, like birthday with Jesus, and I'm born on the Coptic one. Oh, there you go. So, okay. there you go. pretty happy about that. There was a star that was in the sky when you were born. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's a special reason. Uh, huh? Oh, beautiful. Great. Thank you. Someone said what I wanted, what I wanted to say. So yeah, Christmas carols. I love carols too. What a surprise. Um, what are your favorite carols and why? Like, uh, tell me if, if any of you feel strongly, if you've got a favorite carol and why it's your favorite. Why? How come? Me too. I'm, I love that. Nice, like, it embodies the whole message of what happened. And so I would imagine it from the angel's perspective, they're singing about, like, oh, our Messiah has come and he's going to save the world from sin. Yeah. That's, that's the, my take on it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it gives you a, a wonderful, like, unique vantage point. And yeah, it, like, encapsulates the message. Anyone else with anything? That's my favorite, too. My Heart the Herald Angel. That's Esther shouted out during uh, Carol time. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, oh well, how come? Um, <laughs> Nothing specific? Um, Just you don't like the letter L? Like, get it out of there? <laughs> yeah. I, I, love, I love the lyric and the music combination. Nice. Yeah, cool. By the way, I'm a dad now, so I say, I say dad jokes. That's what I do. Okay, so, um, yeah, oh, beautiful. I, uh, Sarah, one of Sarah's favorite songs, uh, actually, I think your favorite song, like the favorite song, Christmas time, is Oh Holy Night. Um, and so I've grown to greatly appreciate it because it plays a lot during Christmas. And um, one, this is the reason why I, I really like this carol, even though it's not my favorite. But um, the lyric that says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to unpack the Christmas story uh, with that lyric. We're going to actually go through it together. Uh, hopefully that's... 
cool to you guys. Um, but uh, before we do, I guess, uh, you know, th- one thing to kind of mention, um, I, I feel like Christmas is a unique opportunity um, that we can actually celebrate this uh, like holiday where Jesus' name is like out there and, you know, it's uh, hard to kind of miss. Um, and uh, I would encourage you guys, no matter where you're at in your journey with God and, and how you feel about him, uh, like, don't let this time uh, be, uh, uh, you know, don't, don't let it pass you by without really um, acknowledging it and, and how special it is, um, both for us uh, or those of you who believe, but also for the world and what it means for the world and the opportunity that it gives us in the world. Um, and uh, it's one of those things that modern day Christianity, I feel like we've lost the ability to mark sacred time and to kind of acknowledge sacred uh, events, uh, holy, holy days. Um, and uh, yeah, Christmas is a holy day. It's, it is a set apart day. It's a special day. Um, uh, and it, like what other day in any other religion uh, can the whole can you kind of see the whole world kind of you know okay not everyone celebrates Chris, Christmas and there are other holidays around this time but um, but yeah it's it's a pretty Im- impactful event in human history so don't don't let yourself just experience it as just another holiday um, uh, let it be something special okay so uh, oh holy night uh, long lay the world in sin and error pining the the, the Christmas story doesn't start uh, um, with Jesus' birth. The Christmas story starts in Genesis chapter 3, which, uh, pull it up, Um, it is uh, the fall of humanity, right? Um, And uh, I I kind of really love that our holy night um, acknowledges this. So long lay the world in sin and error pining. Um, In Genesis 3 verses 8 to 10, we just see Adam and Eve... Uh, fall and they just eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and which God told them not to do. And uh, they are now facing, God is on, on his way. So uh, this is what it says from verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called, called to the man and said to him, where are you? And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And then uh, jump to verse 21. The Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So they, Adam and Eve, just sin against God. Um, They have believed the lie and that lie was that they were not loved by God, that they were not set apart by God, that they were not made in the image of God and that God didn't really care about them. That was the lie they believed. And then it drove them to try to take power, to try to take wisdom in their own hands. And they ate from this tree Um, and they were deceived, but they still chose to do it. And now there is this fractured relationship between God and humanity, between Adam and Eve and, and between God. Um, And guess what? Why did they hide? What does Adam say? Because they're naked. They're naked. 
nakedness here is not just literally like they were naked. Um, nakedness here is not just a physical state of being. Nakedness here is that they are laid bare. That all their sin, all their guilt, it's just all on show. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way before. If you felt guilty enough where all you want to do is hide. And we all do it, whether or not you can recall if you have done it. Uh, Esther does it, that's for sure. Um, but guilt uh, is one of the worst emotions, worst experiences you can have. And what it does is it drives us to hide. Um, and they are ashamed. Um, but God does not hide, does not push them away. He actually walks and tries to go find them and calls out to them. And he asks them to appear. Um, and then this, this state of, of being broken, it is unbearable. We've talked before about how God is righteous, God is holy, and in his righteousness and holiness, if you are not righteous or holy, you can't be in his uh, presence. And that's not because God's like a harsh guy and like, you know, it's, it's for the same reason that you can't transport yourself to the surface of the sun and expect yourself to live. Like, God is holy. God is righteousness. Anything other than that in his presence cannot survive, cannot stand. And Adam and Eve are experiencing this. They are hiding not just because they're ashamed, but because it's unbearable, unbearable to be in the presence of God um, in the state that they are in. And their relationship is broken. But God asks them to appear. And at this point, we, you know, if you know the story, you, they get uh, some judgments. They get some curses on the land, uh, uh, on Adam and Eve, on men and women, and on the serpent who deceived them. And a prophecy about a future um, uh, son of, of uh, humanity who would defeat the snake once and for all. And then they're cast out of Eden. But before they're cast out of Eden, um, God made for them uh, garments of skins and clothed them. Um, all God could do at this point in time was to alleviate um, humanity's sin and shame by covering that's all we could hope at this point for, was just to be covered. Like, I cannot bear to be seen, but God does want to see us. God does want to be close to us. So all he can do for now is just cover us so that we can, we can bear it, we can handle it. But even then, just barely kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know, again, what your experience is like in your life about... Uh, your experience of your own failing, your own sin, your own guilt, your own shame. But, um, but if you really see it the way that God sees it, if you really allow yourself to see it the way God sees it, it, it really is just unbearable. Um, but, but in sin and error, we were pining. They were pining. We were pining. Till he appeared. That's the good news of Christmas, is that he appeared. Um, and he appeared not... not in the, the cool of the day where Adam and Eve had to hide. He didn't appear a, a voice from heaven that made the people tremble and cower away at the foot of Mount Sinai and think that they were all going to die. He didn't appear in a vision where uh, Isaiah thought, oh my, I'm going to die right now. And God's like, chill out. 
No, he appeared as us. He clothed himself with our frailty. He clothed himself with our weakness. He clothed himself with the same stuff that, it, that made us uh, fall short. And uh, let's have a look at Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 14. Um, so this is the story about the shepherds. Um, in the same region, so Jesus has just been born. Uh, he's lying in the manger. Um, and uh, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear, because that's all you can do when you experience God's glory up until this point. All you can do is just be afraid, um, because you know, I am in the presence of God's glory. This will not go well for me. But the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ. Christ meaning king, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill among men. So God, God's glory appears. They're afraid. The angel says, do not be afraid. Instead, now from here on out, God's glory, God's presence, it brings joy. Um, the Savior is born. The one who you needed, who's going to crush that snake, who will not fail in the same way that humanity has failed over and over and over again. The Savior is born and he is king. The Savior will establish a kingdom uh, and to Israelite, Israelite shepherds, Jewish people, this is not like a random thing. This is what they've been waiting for, for literally. Like if, if you are immersed in the teaching of scripture, you are waiting for this event like your whole life. You, you just hope that this event will happen in your life. And these random shepherds out in the field, they're the ones who get this. Because you see, the Christ King, the King, the Savior, he's not born in a palace and he's not born in uh, the richest part of town or with the elites of the day uh, and he wasn't no he's born in a man he's born in a stable uh, in a manger to parents who are disgraced um, and outcasts because of the the means of which this baby is being born um, and who have little to no prospects um, and who will return to Nazareth, which is what good can come out of Nazareth, as people will later say. Um, because you see, this saviour king, this saviour king, he is not for the echelon. He's not the ruling class. Um, he's not for the ruling class. He is for everyone, as the angels say. Um, and that's why the shepherds are being told. Um, he's your saviour king. He's everyone's saviour king. Um, and heaven can't contain their joy and praise. Uh, glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. Um, the day has finally come. God's entered our mess um, and he will restore and he will heal. Glory to God. 
and peace and goodwill to humanity. God comes in peace. God comes desiring good for us. And a thrill of hope and a weary world rejoices. So have you, has it ever dawned on you? Has it ever dawned on you? This truth. Like the thing that made angels cry out in like just ecstatic joy. Has it dawned on you? Like have you, has that kind of taken a hold of your heart? And, and has it changed the way that you view yourself, view God, view the world around you? Um, this, this, ain't, this ain't Kansas no more. This, this, is a, this is a unique reality that we live in through the light of what happened on Christmas. Um, God, uh, have you realized how much um, God loves you and the lengths he's taken for you? Are you afraid still? Do you come before God still anticipating that his glory will somehow wipe you out or threaten you? Do you understand you don't need to feel that way anymore? Um, and, and can you contain your own adoration and praise? Um, have you experienced this good news? And the soul felt its worth. Because, you see, when God bore, when God... Respect. I, I like that guy's voice. He, he reads my Bible as well sometimes to me. Um, you see, when God bore human form, there was a statement uh, being made, which is that humanity is precious. That even as an infant baby, like weak, can't do nothing, like barely alive, like literally you hold a baby wrong, it dies. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't feed it quick enough or for enough times during the day, it, it will die. Um, even in this frail form uh, and even in this frail environment to these parents who are not of any status, humanity is precious. The soul felt its worth. The day that Jesus inhabited us, the, the, the day he came to us, the day he was one of us was the day that hopefully we, we know you are worth something. You're, just by him coming. Even if he didn't die on the cross, but don't worry, we're getting there. Even if he didn't die on the cross, you're worth something. God cared so much that he would put on um, flesh and blood. And um, particularly in the state and the place that he was born to the people he was born to. Um, but, but ultimately, obviously, the day that the soul felt its worth is the day that Jesus died um, to redeem us. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 um, the, the author says that looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you understand that the reason why Jesus went to the cross was because he had a joy set before him? And do you know what that joy was? It was you. It was you. It was that one day you would be here and you would say to him, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, you're my God, you're my friend, um, and that I love you. That's why he did it. That's why he endured it. I don't know, I don't know the, the lengths that you have had to endure in your life and like what you have had to endure in your life, but like you do need something to kind of go through. You know, I, so I can't handle the gym because like I've long past the days caring about a six-pack or, or anything like that. So I will not endure the pain set before me because I don't care about the joy uh, on the other side or that, that joy. 
maybe a longer life might be, might be nice, but hey, God numbers our days. So anyway, I can't really do anything about that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Um, you were that joy. So the soul felt its worth. In um, Philippians chapter 3, um, uh, Paul says this. So, so we were the joy that was set before Jesus, and now he should be the joy that is set before us. Um, Paul writes this. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. In other words, Paul is so enamored, Paul is so in love with Jesus that he wants to embody him in every aspect of his life, not just his resurrection life, not just what Jesus came to bring us, but even in the suffering and the pain, even in the loss and the, the hardship. He is like, let me carry that and bear that so that I may also experience the joy um, and the resurrection life. Because, ladies and gentlemen, don't, don't misunderstand the, the journey of knowing your worth and experiencing the value that you have in Christ also means hardship and pain because you must change. And that, that process of change um, is not an easy one. And it is not something that we go through. Like Jesus literally called it bearing your cross. You don't bear your cross to just have a bad time and God's just like, well done, you had a bad time, good on you. No, you bear your cross because you be like Jesus. And being like Jesus means being transformed into the image of Jesus, which means you will not be the same. You will not be the same. And to not be the same means to know that in sin and error, you are pining. And that he appeared and then your soul felt worth. And then the journey kind of spirals upwards from there. It's a revelation of those three things over and over and over again until the day where you finally do see him face to face. And these songs and this moment of Christmas and the moment of the resurrection, it's no longer something that you just absorbed into your very being, but now it's embodied by Christ himself face to face. And that is our ultimate joy. Um, because by that point in time, you have experienced life, life to the full. Um, because he is the one who gave you that life and he is the one who enabled you to live that life. That is the Christmas message. That's great, so this is probably the shortest thing I've ever said in my life. That is the Christmas message. And um, it really is very ubiquitous to us as churchgoers. None of this, hopefully, if you have gone to church for any length of time, none of this is new. But hopefully, hopefully, we can uh, be um, refreshed by it um, and we can experience it again um, because we need to. We need to. That's the point of marking sacred time is to experience these special moments um, as 
brand new. So let's close our eyes and, and um, bow our heads. And I want to invite, there, there are going to be a bunch of different attitudes um, or a bunch of different ways that you could respond depending on where you're at in your life. One is just to give thanks. This, this is news that you know. This is a life that you're living. Um, and it is uh, just beautiful to be reminded. And just thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for what you did. And that's great. Do that. Um, another way is, this is a truth that I've forgotten. I don't live this out in my life. Um, I'm, I'm in sin and error, but I'm not pining. Uh, he appeared, but that glory of his appearance still makes me afraid, still makes me want to hide rather than celebrate and experience joy. Um, or maybe you, you just don't think your soul has any worth. Um, regardless of what he did for you, you just it's not penetrating you, and you just still see God... Um, and what he did for you is just not for you if that is you if if you are not experiencing the um, the life of the message of Christmas um, ask him to remind you and renew you again um, and help you live out that life help you experience the truth of what all of that means for you. Encounter him again. And some of us, this is the first time we've ever heard it this way. We might have been in church before, or maybe we never have, but um, this is the first time we've understood the Christmas story and and the story of what Jesus came to do this way. Um, And this is brand new. And you might for the very first time, might want to say yes to him and accept him as Lord and Savior. And I'm not going to do an altar call. I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up or anything like that. But whichever camp you're in, speak to God right now. All he wants from us is to come closer. And all he wants from us is just to see him and to love him just a fraction of of the amount that he loves us. Because that's the joy that was set before him. And to do that, to do that, no matter which camp you're in, it means you need to talk to him and it means you need to talk to someone else. It cannot live and die in your heart and mind. That is not what Jesus came for. He came for community. He came for connection, not just with himself, but also with those who follow him. The church is what Jesus called it. It must must be engaged with, with others.
So, Lord, we thank you so much for the time that we can spend together. We thank you so much for Christmas. What a beautiful way you chose to reveal yourself. What a beautiful plan from the beginning of time that you chose to work out. How lucky are we to be able to be on this side of history and know um, and see and to declare and to experience, Lord. Let it never, ever, ever be taken for granted. Help us to live, it, live this truth out in our lives. Help us to experience you every day of our lives and help us to pass you on, um, uh, not because we're good Christian soldiers, Lord, but because so is the joy and so is the freedom in you that we have found that we cannot help but share. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.